0: to the last gen podcast brought to you by miracle word ministries these episodes are specifically created with students in mind more than ever before we must know why we believe what we believe build strong faith and stay on fire for god we know that jesus is coming soon and we're going to live like this is the last generation are you ready let's go are you ready Let's go. My name is Alex Iaquinto. I'm your host today for the Last Gen Podcast on behalf of Miracle Word Ministries. If you haven't watched or listened to an episode before, and this is your first time, I want to welcome you on because this is a podcast specifically geared towards youth and young adults to build faith and to teach from the Bible so that you're secure in your knowledge of the Bible. And if this is your first time, I'd highly recommend that you'd stay on. Keep listening. You're gonna hear things on this podcast that either you've never heard before, or you've heard actively taught against, and uh, it's all from the Bible. We give scripture after scripture after scripture. We start in the Bible. We end in the Bible. We're always in the Bible. So, um, stick around. This is gonna be a good one. I'm excited for this one, cause this is what you say controversial. It's uh, not widely accepted. It's hated. And uh, we're going to dive right into it I was actually going to teach On another thing today But I remembered, you know you, When you hear some when, when you hear Christians talk That don't know what they're talking about you could, you could be thinking of anything else But then when they say something dumb That's not in the Bible You feel like, okay, switch everything Trash the notes I am going to preach on this So, that's what we're doing um, Right now To uh, set the scenery for you. I'm in a hotel room in New York. Not the city. Not even close. It's Horseheads, New York. Um, And I'm here because I wanted to visit my good friend, Lauren, who just turned 18 years old. And uh, we wanted to celebrate with her. And it's been fun. I love Horseheads. I love the people here. His Tabernacle, Family Church, one of the best churches I just, I just love all of, I love, I love being here. You know, you'd think that going to Horseheads would be boring. In most most cases, Horseheads itself. But um, no, the people are great. I'm having a great time. So I'm in the hotel room of the Courtyard by Marriott. And uh, I was kind of worried about the sound because, you know, you're, when I record at home, I have a closet, I know you think I'm in a professional studio, but I'm I'm actually in a walk-in closet and I've got all my clothes and suits hung up around around me and I bl- I put blankets, like heavy blankets on the walls, carpet on the floor, you know, I just insulated it like crazy, so I was worried like, you know, is it gonna be echoey or is it is the sound quality gonna be bad, but then I looked at the floor and I saw that literally all of my clothes are on the floor, so that should help with the insulation, so... Let me know down in the comments how this sounds like. No, but seriously, um, before we get into it, I would like to encourage you. If you've been listening, this is the, is this the third episode? This is the third episode of the Last Gen Podcast. And I've gotten people giving me feedback, like, you know, just telling me they're listening. Telling me that they they love it. And, uh, and it's great to hear from you. Because like I said last week, it's good to not only know that there's people out there that are of the same belief as you and are on fire just like you are, but to hear from them. Because, you know, you think, oh, I'm the only one that's on fire in my school. There's a ton of people, like, around the country that are just like you. And I'd like to hear from you. If you've been watching and if you've been enjoying it, hit me up on Instagram or uh, Twitter. Don't hit me up on Facebook. I won't get back to you, just on principle. But my Instagram is alex.iaquinto. That's alex.iaquinto. I-A-Q-U-I-N-T-O Send me a DM, let me know what you think Let me know if you have any questions, because I'll answer them for you And it's been great hearing back from you guys Today, we're going to jump into a topic that I love And uh, I'll tell you a little bit about why I want to teach on this today Is because a few weeks ago, I was down in Florida With my uncle, Evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., and uh, we were, I think we were coming back from the studio, and he just asked me, like, you know, because I, I guess he was curious. He said, now, uh, what what Bible doctrine would you say that you are the least, I uh, forgot how he put it, but, like, secure in believing? Not believing, but knowing why you believe it. Like, which Bible doctrine do you think you are the least uh, sturdy in? And I had to be honest with him, and I, and I said, look, I've, I've studied healing extensively obviously not as much as you can because you can never exhaust the word of god but i i can make a strong case for healing strong for salvation studied it and and i had to just by process of elimination i had to say to him well the topic that i probably am not the most foundational in secure is prosperity and um as soon as i said that i was like okay Good thing you asked me that. Now I need to fix that. So I've been, I've been studying it for myself, cracking up in the word of God, looking to see what the Bible has to say. Because listening to people in church just talk about their thoughts about money and stuff, that's not going to cut it. That's not the word of God. So you've got to know why you know it, especially on this topic. Because let me tell you, you will not get backlash. Really. You won't get any... You know, you won't get like a ton of backlash on what you believe about salvation. I mean, except from unbelievers, but in the church. Yes, salvation is only through Jesus Christ. It's by grace through faith that you're saved. Yes, we believe that. Healing. Healing will get a ton of backlash, but not as much as this topic that we're talking about today. And we're talking about the topic of Bible prosperity. And the title today... I have it right here three reasons you can believe in prosperity and then if you want a subtitle if you're taking notes please take notes if you're taking notes the subtitle for today because I felt like it it could have two titles so it's three reasons why you can believe in prosperity or three pillars of faith for prosperity so as much as you've heard you know money is the root of all evil and, and we'll get into that stuff and what people talk about, you know, I could never have too much, you know. I don't want I don't want to have too much money. And uh and you know, all the stuff that the dumb stuff that people say like, well God Jesus never promised us that we're going to be rich in this life, amen. Stuff like that. If you believe like we believe and like my family believes, you've got to know why. Cuz just like healing, you've got to have Bible for it. Just like salvation, you've got to point to scriptures. It can't just be a thought that you have. Well, why do you believe in prosperity? Well, you know, I heard this one message and it really did, uh, it touched me. Well, that that's not a good answer. That's a pretty bad answer. I mean, that's a good answer for someone who just heard about it. But if you've had any time after a message to go home and have a Bible on hand, it's not a great answer. So we're going to be talking about three reasons why you can safely believe in prosperity um so yeah he asked me that and i said you know what I, I believe it i know why i believe it but i could probably out of all the bible doctrines that is the one that i can make the the weakest case on so i got to fixing that and i went through the bible and it really astounded me i mean not not that i've never heard it before but it it astounds me every time i go back Because the difference between what people say, what Christians say about money, versus what Jesus talked about, and how Paul talked about money, and how God views money, is huge. I mean, if you listen to Christians, a lot of and I'm not going to say generalizing generalizing Christians, but most Christians, they'll talk about money like, you you know, you should feel guilty for having it. You should never want to have any more money. That's evil. Don't you know money is evil? and dumb stuff like that where they quote have scriptures and they build a, a stupid doctrine off of off of their own feelings you you would think that you know how much people talk about well that whole prosperity message is a uh, it's an it's an americanized version of the gospel it's an americanized version you know that only really works in america because people have capitalistic mindsets and You know, people are just materialistic, but try that over in Africa. Well, uh, buddy, that works in Africa. God's word works anywhere. And you'll find in Africa, where is the largest church on planet Earth? Is it in Houston? Is it in California? Is it in, where is it? It's in Africa. There's 150, and this might be a little bit off, 150 indoor seating. In Lagos, Nigeria, being built right now with a 50,000-seat overflow. The biggest churches on planet Earth are not in America. And you say, well, that's, that's an American gospel. And listen, if, if someone tells me one more time that I really need to watch the, the documentary American Gospel because it really is an eye-opener to all of these heretics who only talk about money, I'm going to throw something because it's just bashing prosperity bashing the word of faith. But if you think that that it's an americanized version of the gospel because you know americans they're not they're they're t- they're not spiritual enough to care about spiritual things so they just want material things. It's not greedy to want the blessings of God. I want you to write that down. It's not greedy to want the blessings of God. But what you actually find in America is the opposite is that people have been so trained in this, so they'll believe, people will believe in prosperity in the secular world, where they, I'm gonna, gotta get my hustle on, gotta get, you know, because people aspire in America to have money, but when then it comes to, they become a Christian, or they talk about money in church, oh no, oh no, you know, I don't want money. I had a guy tell me, I was invited on a live stream or not, yeah, a live stream, it was a, it was a dual live stream So this guy was in South Africa And he invited me onto a live stream And, and it was a great live stream, he had me speak and I'm, and I'm very grateful At the end of it, we were just talking You know, after the the message that I preached He said, that's powerful Stuff like that And then he said, somehow it got into money And he started saying like I don't know brother I don't, I, you know Rich people have a problem, I, you know I don't even want money now that I think about it Because I'll start trusting in God less And I I thought that was such a dumb thing to say You know, he actually said out of his mouth No, I don't think I even want any more money I don't think I want that And I said, I said I said, fine, I'll take yours (laughs) I didn't, you know, just came out I didn't mean to But it's so dumb You hear the and Okay, you know, I'm going to get into it This is three reasons why you can believe in Bible prosperity dash three pillars of faith for prosperity. Cause you can't have faith for something that you don't have a strong understanding of in the word of God. If my words abide in you, if you abide in me and my words, Jesus said this, if you abide in me and I, my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you want. That means that you can ask things if You have scripture for it if you have an understanding based on the word of God. If you don't have knowledge of something, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge of me. If you don't have knowledge of something, you will never obtain the promise. You can't have faith for something you don't know about. You can't have faith for something that you've never had taught or preached to you from the word of God. I'm gonna get into this but I, it just came up in my spirit. I read something it's a little detour If you watch a if you listen to a podcast about how to do a podcast you don't look up you don't write new notes in the middle of it but bear with me here as you hear my Bible pages turning. Almost there. Okay, here we go. Wow, I found that quicker than I thought. 1 Corinthians, and then chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 10. Actually, we'll start in verse 9. Yeah. Verse 9. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined... What God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Verse 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person, which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Here's what I want you to catch. This next verse. Verse 12. Now we have received a spirit, not of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we might impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths through those who are spiritual. So you can't have faith for something that you don't even know is yours. Paul's saying there that it's only by the Spirit of God and through wisdom taught and preached that people can understand. You know, I could have $3 million in my bank account, but if I don't know it's there and then I don't know how to withdraw it, it's useless to me. It's the same thing with Christ. He died for you for not just salvation, for tons of things. And if I don't know what those promises are and if I don't know that they're mine in Christ, I won't take them and I'll live subpar the rest of my life. And prosperity is one of those things. So the first reason or the first pillar of faith for prosperity is number one. And these all go in order. Meaning if you get pillar one, you move on to pillar two. And if pillar two is true, then pillar three is also true. So pillar one, write this down. Poverty is a curse. Riches are a blessing. Poverty is is a curse. Riches are a blessing. It's the exact opposite of what you hear all the time. That somehow poverty is a blessing from God to help you fully rely on him more. That's so garbage. Find me one place in the Bible where because someone was obedient to God that he blessed them with being poor. It's the exact opposite. Solomon, I'm well pleased with you, so I'm going to make you a beggar. What the heck? Who do you think God is, really? So, number one, poverty is a curse. Blessing or riches or money, overflowing finances, they're a blessing. And we can find that in Deuteronomy chapter 28. It's so obvious. Deuteronomy chapter 28. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I commanded you today, the Lord God will set you high above the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Listen to this. These are blessings if you obey from God, directly from God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle, and the increase of your herds, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall you be in your basket, and in your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. And then, up until verse 14, it's talking about all the financial blessing. I mean, if you look at really the the blessings of the law of keeping the law, lots of them are financial. Lots of them are financial. Tons of them. I'll have to go back and do like a percentage. Because it's going to be a high percentage. Listen to this verse. It'll make religious people freak out. Let me find it. Wow. I mean, it's crazy. And the Lord will make you abound in what? Prosperity in the fruit of your womb and in the fruit of your ground, within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations and borrow from none. Wow. Just reading the blessings of the old covenant make me want to shout. I'm telling you. I'm. You can't read the Bible with a working brain, and come out thinking God wants you poor. The Bible uses the word prosperity. You know, evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth uh, Jr. always says, I'm not afraid to use the word prosperity. Prosperity is not a dirty word. It's a Bible word. God used the word prosperity. It's not some Americanized version of the Middle Eastern God. No, it's God's words. I will make you prosper. I will make you prosperous. You will have prosperity. Well, I don't believe in that prosperity gospel. There's no prosperity gospel. It's the gospel. And God promised you prosperity. I'm going to start. It it really does tick me off because people make it their goal. Like they're they're like on a witch hunt for prosperity believers. Oh, they're out there, prosperity believers. And I've got to hunt them down and tell them they're wolf in sheep's clothing open their eyes you heretic and they hate the word prosperity I'm gonna start telling people I'm gonna introduce myself hey uh what you know I'm on, on a plane hey what do you do for a living I'm a prosperity preacher <laughs> you know it's like if you' if you're gonna be in it just you know I'm a word of faith preacher I preach prosperity yeah that's me Put in my Instagram bio. Well, you're not a prosperity. Yes, prosperity preacher. I believe in prosperity. I believe that the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and adds no sorrow with it. That's a scripture. Proverbs 10.22. Well, God never promised us to be rich. Proverbs 10.22. The blessing of the Lord makes a man rich and adds no sorrow to it. How the heck is can you get that really poverty is is just it's it just humbles us so we can rely on jesus and his presence you know just going without makes me just want him more and i'm just more hung. I, i'm not hungry for things i don't really want things i just want him that's so dumb so number one so that so you see bless uh riches are a blessing now, where's uh, where's poverty lie in God's, in God's mind? But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, this is verse 15, and be careful to do all the, his commandments and his statutes that I commanded you today, then all of these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, cursed in the field. Cursed shall your basket be in your kneading bowl. Cursed shall you be in the fruit of your womb. I mean, there's so many. You go down the line. All of these, are your, your finances are cursed, cursed. You'll be poor, cursed. Poverty is a curse. Jesus said in John 10.10, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus came, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Is abundant life being on food stamps and relying on government programs just to get by? No, it's not. Abundant life, one translation says, life to its fullest. One preacher said, Jesus didn't die for me to endure life. He died for me to enjoy life. That's right. And you could be thinking, well, I'm 15. What what does this have to do with me? You know, I, I'm 17. I just got a job. Think about this. While every other middle school and high schooler is just broke because they have no idea how to <laughs> hold finances together and and save money, they're just, you know, you always hear people, well, you know, that was college days, so I was broke, I will never have that story, think about this, while everyone else in high school, in middle school, even in high school, are broke, and in college, they're broke, you can be blessed, and then you can be the one that gives rides to people, you can be the one that pays for people's lunch, and their dinner, and covers their whatever, and then people start looking, who is this type of kid That not only has enough for himself, but has enough to freely give to others. And then sinners will see, why is he so generous? Why is it that this guy doesn't even know me, this girl doesn't even know me, but they're paying for my lunch? Nothing turns turns people onto the gospel more than buying their food. It's true. It's so true. It's so true. Don't be, I mean, you can be the one that's not asking your friends to cover their 7-Eleven slushy, But you can be the one that says, no, don't worry about it, I'm going to pay. That's one thing that I've always, I got, I mean, I caught from, it's contagious. I caught from my uncle and my aunt. And my parents, I mean, my parents are generous, generous. Ridiculously generous. And I, and from my aunt and uncle, I caught it. It's the, the, the amount that they bless people. It's ridiculous. It looks ridiculous to other people. You know, they go out to dinner with 20 people and they're just like, and they fight people for the bill because they want to be the one to bless, bless the people. And I started watching that wherever they go. They're just blessing people. They're not. They're not asking pastors like, oh, could you pay for it? No, they're they're actively going around and being a blessing to people. And I started seeing that and saying, I want to be like that. I want I wanna be the one that blesses other people. I wanna be the one that pays for everyone's dinner. I wanna be the one that just randomly gives people gifts. That's what I want to be. That's I mean, because the core of believing in prosperity is not, oh, I just want all this money. It's, I want to be so blessed that you people look at my life and they wonder, that's that's what the blessing of the Lord does. It doesn't make you sad. It doesn't make you, you know, unreliable. It doesn't make you hyper-spiritual and weird. It makes you an influential, affluential person, not a weirdo who's always asking people for things. The Bible says, you will lend to many nations and borrow from none. That's why I've I've even I'm never going to take a loan. That's what the Bible says. And I'm saying it <laughs> publicly, so I can't go back on it and I won't. The Bible says it and I won't do it. I won't take a loan. I'll be the one giving people money. And saying, "Don't worry about it. It's yours. You don't need to pay interest. Just keep it." I want to be like that. So obviously, pro- and I, I can already tell. You know, I, I got off 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 the line already like six times, but because I, you know, it really does tick me off when you hear people say dumb stuff. So number one, prosperity is a blessing. Poverty is a curse. It's a curse from the devil. Number two, the second pillar of faith for prosperity is this. God is a good father. Why can you believe in prosperity? Number one, prosperity is a blessing. Poverty is a curse. Does God want you blessed or cursed? Excuse me. Does God want you blessed or cursed? Number two, God is a good father. Turn to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Matthew 7 7. Matthew 7 7. This will show you the character of God. Because really, at its root, the disbelief that God wants to bless you is based on a wrong view of who He is. Unbelief in the area of blessing your finances is really a wrong view of who God is at his core that he's some you know he's some taskmaster who wants you to just get by and he's some father that just wants you to have the bare minimum and that's not who God is it's not who he is prosperity and blessing isn't isn't what he gives it's who he is. He is a provider. He is more than enough. So when you believe that somehow God wants you to be poor, you really don't understand who he is. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened to you. Or which one of you? If his son asks for, him for, a, for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? He's saying, look, you're, you guys are, are evil fathers, and you even give good gifts to your children. How much more does God want to bless you? Give good gifts to those who ask him. Good gifts. Good gifts. Another part, Jesus says, God clothes the lilies of the field. He feeds the ravens. They never go hungry. Ravens never go hungry. Birds never go hungry. The grass gets rain. And then how much more does God care about you than he does about rain, or does about ravens, and does about flowers? God's nature, I want you to get this. God's very nature is to bless his children. Man, go back to Genesis 1. From Genesis 1, 1 to 3, Genesis, what does he do? He makes the Garden of Eden, which was perfect, abounding in everything, no no lack, no poverty. Complete blessing. Rivers. The Bible says there was gold. Deposits of gold. Precious silvers. Precious stones. It was a utopia of blessing. There was no lack. There was no poverty. There was no going without or food stamps or government assistant programs. Just blessing. And then what he did he do? He put Adam and Eve in that garden. The first thing that God does when he makes man... The Bible says, and he made Adam in his image, and he blessed him. That's the first thing. The first thing that God does when he made human humankind, humanity, the, the next thing that it says, and God blessed him. It's in his nature. He wants to bless you. Because many people get this weird idea of God. That he, like, if you get money, oh, you shouldn't have that really. You should just give that to the poor. Yes, you're supposed to be so blessed that you can give to the poor, meet everyone else's needs, and still have leftover for you. That's real prosperity. It's not just hoarding and having this vault of gold that, you know, nobody ever sees and it's just for you. Real Bible prosperity is called overflow. You're so full of blessing that it runs over to other people that's real Bible prosperity and also God doesn't just bless you because so that you could be a blessing to other people Michael has talked about this a lot where people say you know you know why God blesses us God blesses us to be a blessing well that's true God does bless us because he wants us to be a blessing but what's the number one reason that God blessed us the number one reason that God blesses you is because he loves you Jesus mentioned no times in Matthew 7, 7 through 11. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who's in heaven give good things only if they'll give them to the poor? That's not it. To those who ask. Why? Because he loves, because he's a good Father. I want you to turn. I was reading this this week, and it almost made me cry. Because, go, go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Psalm 23 this will show you the character of God how the Lord views you you know most people if they ever hear Psalm 23 it's or or see it it's gonna be on like some altered state tapestry that's just all in cursive it's just like night nice. well, it's like <laughs> people quote this like you know it's all frou-frou. Think about really what, what God's saying in this. This is, this is a Psalm of David, Psalm 23. This whole thing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The New Living Translation says, I have everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm not going to go without. I'm not going to go needing things. He's my shepherd. He provides everything. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness, or right paths, for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Think about this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The New Living says... My cup of blessing runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Not poverty and just getting by and student loans because I paid too much on a college that I didn't even want to go to will chase me all the days of my life. Or child support, yeah. People gear up for that kind of stuff. The way even teenagers talk. Like they think it's like funny. Like self-deprecating humor. Well, I'm just broke. I will never say that. While, the, while other people are, are joking about how broke they are, you can say, oh, don't worry about it. I'll cover whatever you need. I'm not broke. I won't be broke. I'm blessed. Well, you know how high school is. You just, you're broke. You know how college is. You eat ramen. No. That's not just the normal. That's abnormal for a Christian. It's not the normal thing to just... And then even you hear pastors talking about, you. well, you know, we're in a dry season. Does the Bible ever say you'll be in a dry season? The only reason the Israelites were in a desert season is because they disobeyed God. God wanted to bring them straight into the promised land, flowing with milk and honey, so that they'd never have any lack. But it was the Israelites' disobedience that brought them into a dry season. You don't have to have a dry season. You don't have to be broke in college. You don't have to be broke in high school or middle school. You can be, set an example. Paul told Timothy, don't let anyone look down at you for your youth. Set an example for people, for older people. You can Your generosity and your blessing could set an example for adults that are stingy and quote-unquote frugal. So number one, I could talk about this all day. Number one, poverty is a curse. Riches are a blessing. Number two, God is a good father. He's not a child abuser. The Bible says this, God delights in the prosperity of his people. He doesn't get mad and say, oh, well, Christians really aren't supposed to have a jet or Christians aren't really supposed to have those shoes or there's whole YouTube channels just devoted to looking at, looking at preachers, what watches they're wearing. And I can't believe he's wearing those Yeezys while preaching. And that necklace, do you know that necklace is $5,000? That could be given to the poor. Because they hate blessing. The Bible says that when heathens, when wicked people see the blessing of the Lord on your life, they'll grind their teeth in anger. So prosperity isn't some ethereal thing. or It's not some inward It's real, (laughs) because you'll hear this a lot. You'll hear this a lot because people don't like it. They'll say like, well, Jesus never promised us that we would be rich financially, but we're rich spiritually. Amen. No, I have a problem with that saying. Jesus did promise riches. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. So get, if you, if you struggle with, so like, you're like a lot of people where they're like, okay, I believe that Alex, I believe that God wants to bless me. But, you know, sometimes I just feel like I'm, you know, um, sometimes I just feel like I I am unsteady in my belief and prosperity and stuff. Just, it's, it's really because... Young people have been taught from a young age. They're in churches that just slam being rich and just hate rich people and just talk bad about material possessions. You've got to you've got to really unlearn that stuff. If you're going to walk in the blessing of God without any hindrance, you've got to unlearn the garbage that you're taught about, you know, God God doesn't want us to be rich. Money is the root of all evil. I said we'd get to that, and it's true. I'll, I'll get to it. I should have renamed this like 10 dumb things that Christians say about money that aren't in the Bible. But they'll say money is the root of all evil. Nope. Wrong. eh. The Bible never says that. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. not money, money is an inanimate object, (laughs) money is some evil force that's just lurking around trying to, no, if you love money, you can't serve two masters, get, get this in your spirit, man, I, because, to be honest with you, when I told my uncle that is because, like, that I was probably the least strongest, because, you know, getting brought up, you hear all these dumb things, and you, you think that somehow God is contrived, and he wants to, like, put poverty to teach you a lesson because that's what people talk about. You know, I'm in college. I'm in a dry season. God's really teaching me to depend on him. No, you don't have to go through that to depend on God. The Lord brings increase. So when you trust in him, it's just going to happen. So here, let me move, move on. But that is a vital point. God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to, Oh, that was a loud noise. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Not only does he want to meet your needs. Not only does he want to make sure that all of your needs are met. There's not one bill that's unpaid. He wants to give you things on top of that. Because he wants to make you happy. Happy. Very elementary, but very important. God is a good God. Number three, and this is, you know, we've already gone past 40 minutes, but I I feel this is because there's a lot of stuff to unlearn. You see, I'm stressing this a lot, but it's important. Number three, so number one, the first pillar of faith for prosperity, poverty is a curse, riches are a blessing. Number two, God is a good father. Number three, I want you to write this down. Seed time and harvest is a spiritual law. Seed time and harvest is a spiritual law. That works for you whether you believe it or not. Seed time and harvest is a spiritual law. God said in Genesis 8.22, As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. It's a promise from God. And God actually set up this, if you've never heard that, seed, time, and harvest, it's basically all, I mean, not basically, it is all throughout the Bible. All, everything is seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, harvest. What does that mean? It's the analogy. When you plant a seed in the ground, like if I plant a apple tree seed, I plant it in the ground, and it grows, and it becomes a harvest of many apples. Seed, time, and harvest as long as the earth remains seed time and harvest will remain so why can you believe in prosperity because this is a law God set it up God set it up so that when you give financially when you give money that much more will become come back to you I want you to read this foundational scripture for this it's in 2nd Corinthians 9 6 2 Corinthians 9.6. I had it like bookmarked in my Bible. 2 Corinthians 9.6, which by the way, for haters of prosperity, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 are a devastation. Just a terrible, terrible time. You can't come out of these two chapters that Paul's talking about money, talking about you'll be richly supplied, talking about Jesus became poor so that you could be rich. You can't read that and come out thinking, God just wants to meet my needs. Foundational scripture. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. The point is this. He's talking about money. This isn't some out-of-context thing, he's talking about money, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully, let me see what the New Living says, that's 2nd Corinthians, 2nd Corinthians, what is it, 9, 6, And, of course, the Wi-Fi is garbage. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Oh, well. Well, that was a failed attempt. But you get the point. Whoever sows sparingly, so sows a little, will also reap a little. Whoever sows bountifully, a lot, will also reap bountifully. This is the principle that Jesus said. Give, and it shall be given to you. Give, and it shall be given to you. So that's a Bible law. Whenever I sow money into souls, into the poor, you know, the Bible says in, in Proverbs, when you lend to the poor, you're lending to the Lord and the Lord will repay you. That's a promise. So when you give financially, God set it up that when you give, it comes back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So how? Because the problem is a lot of Christians won't have a problem with saying, when you sow, you will reap. Because that's too hard to get around for, you know. So they don't have a problem with that. I was talking to someone who I know hates the message of prosperity. And I was saying, well, you know, he said, what do you think about, about you know, giving and, and tithes and offerings? And I said, you know, I believe that when we give, we, you know, it returns to us Multiplied. And he said, you know, he said, yeah, I've got no problem with that. And then, but then, you know, later it's like, well, God never promised us to be rich. Well, think about this. How is it even possible? (laughs) How is it even possible? If If I don't even talk about being rich or I don't even talk about being abundantly supplied and I just do the basics that God told me to do, give to the poor, give to traveling ministers, tithe, give offerings, if I do those things, It's going to come back to me. How can I not be? How can I not be? I mean, the more and more I sow, the more and more is going to come back. It's a spiritual law. The only thing that's going to stop it is unbelief and and living in sin. So, if you do the basics that God's told you to do, he's already set it up for you to become prosperous. He's already set it up for you to become prosperous. It says it again in in, uh, Galatians says it even stronger in Galatians. I like how Galatians says it because he says, he's talking about giving. He says in verse 6, Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. So it's a law. If your seed doesn't come back to you and you've been living holy, you've been doing all the things that God's told you to do, that makes a mockery of God's system, but he won't be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. I remember this is a huge testimony that that helps me stand firm in this is that I was at I was actually in this town, Horseheads, New York. I was in this town and uh, I was here for uproar conference 2020 and um, it was the last night of the conference and the Lord had moved. It was a great time and I was sitting in the front row. And it came. It came time at the end of the service, um, for giving, sewing into the vision. So, I got out my phone. You know, because we young people are hip, and we uh, sew by electronic means. Wasn't gonna grab an envelope, but you know, I don't even have cash on me. But so I got out my phone to give because I, you know, I always make it a point to give when. They were going through the ways to give. I went on the website, and the way the website was set up, you had a ticker. So you could, it would like scroll. You could go tick, 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 and up it would go, whatever, like every $25 it would go. So I I asked the Lord. They said, ask the Lord what what he'd have you give. So I asked the Holy Spirit, Lord, what would you want me to give? What would be a meaningful seed to you? And uh, boy, did he answer that immediately. It's funny how the Lord always clearly talks to you about sowing. It's very easy to hear conviction, and it's very easy for you to hear um, about giving. <laughs> Funny how that works. But I got out my phone, and I asked the Lord, what would you have me give? And immediately, the Lord said, start start scrolling that ticker. So I got, you know, $50, you know, $25, more, 75 a 100 And then I got 100 I was like, okay, you know, I'll sell $100. I heard the Lord say, nope, keep going. Kept scrolling it, kept scrolling it, 125, 150, 175. And at this point, I'm like, okay, what's happening here? Um, 200, that's about, you know, if that stopped, that'd be a crazy seed for me. And uh, I kept scrolling, 200 hit. And I was like, is it done now? And the Lord said, keep so, keep going, keep going. So I kept scrolling, 3, 2, uh, 225, 250, 275, 300. When when I that ticker ticked to 300, I heard the voice of the Lord say, give it. Immediately give that and back then that was huge. I'd never given a $300 seed never in my life That was a huge seed for me $300 At the age of 16 $300. It's a huge seed So I was I was you know that took That took some you know, I, I was like, all right, you know, I heard that clearly so I've got to do that So I sewed it click the button Service ended, so I, service ended, I clicked the button, so, and I kid you not, I'm walking out of the sanctuary, I grab my Bible, walk out of the sanctuary, go to the back doors, and this, this man who doesn't work at the church, he just goes to the church, and he, he's a great, great man of God, I I know him now, but I didn't know him at the time, he, he had, I never met him, he came over to me, and he was like, hey, I'd like to see you in this office, so we, we stepped into an office in the back hallway, and he said, um, just as service was ending, I felt me and my wife, who they just gotten married, two weeks before this, so married two weeks, <laughs> and he's like he was just twenty at the time, nineteen. So he says, me and my wife really felt led to give you nine hundred dollars. My eyes went really wide. now think about this, I sewed that, the voice of the Lord said, "Sew $300, did it, click the button, immediately I walked down to the hallway, return of $900, and he gave me encouragement about the thing, you know, it was the voice of the Lord, about the thing that I was worrying about, (laughs) about my future, and he helped me out with that, so, you know, that was, and I was like, what the heck, what the heck, that was the quickest return on a seed that I've ever seen, so I was like, wow, that was a miracle, so the next morning was Sunday morning, and I was going to the church service, and I was just thinking about that, that was crazy, and I had no intention that that was going to happen again, you know, I thought that was a fluke, or like, God messed up or something, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, how many know he makes us wait longest for the, no, that was, I mean, (laughs) that was really, it was mind-blowing, Going to service, great, great message. They ask, it was time for the offering again. And I said, Lord, <laughs> now I'll listen very closely. So the Lord just says, all right, I want you to sow $100. I heard that clearly. So I I was obedient, and I, I was not dumb enough to hesitate. I immediately sowed $100. Click the button. It sent off, sent, thank you for your receipt. Thank you for giving. And, um, and immediately, the, so the service ended immediately, a man walks across the room, across the sanctuary, comes over to me without breaking his stride. He walks past me. He hands me his Apple Watch. It was the newest Apple Watch that had ever come out at that time. An Apple Watch and three custom Louis Vuitton bands. Just puts it in my chest. I kind of catch it, and he walks off. Doesn't say a word. Immediately, 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 God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Press down, shaken together, running over. Will he cause men to give into your bosom? This is Bible. It's a spiritual law. So it's impossible to follow the voice of the Lord. Give what he's told you to give and end up poor. You know what the Bible says in Second 2 Corinthians. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Now think about this, when I sowed $100, a $400 Apple Watch came in. When I sowed $300, $900 came in. When you sow sparingly, not that $100 was sparingly for me, but when you sow over and above, an over and above blessing comes on you. Listen to this in verse 10. 2 Corinthians 9.10 He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness and then you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God God never promised us to be rich you will be enriched in every way It's Bible. Prosperity. You can believe strongly in prosperity and have the word of God to back you up. Let me run over these three points. Number one, three reasons you can believe in prosperity. Three pillars of faith for Bible prosperity. Number one, poverty is a curse. Riches are a blessing. Number two, God is a good father. Number three, seed time and harvest is a spiritual law. So you say, how do I activate that? How do I activate the blessing of the Lord on my life? Just like I told you, if I would have never given, I would have never received. When a man sows, then will he reap. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow a seed into Miracle Word Ministries. Because you can pray about prosperity all you want. But the access point to prosperity is giving. Give, and it will be given unto you. You can't neglect the giving part. And people, you know, are like, okay, turn off the podcast. If you turn it off now, you've wasted your time. Because this is the access point. point. If you want to be a blessing, if you want to lend to many and borrow from none, this is the access point to it. Been teaching you and preaching this to you so that your faith can be built. So then you can receive it's, it's not for, it, remember this, when a minister talks about sowing seeds and teaches on prosperity, it's not for them. It's for you. God's going to supply a minister who's called either way. Because he called them and he pays for what he orders. But when a minister teaches on Bible prosperity, talks about giving, tithing, and offering, it's for you. It's to help you so that you can have a return on your seed. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow today, and there's many ways to give. Many ways to give. You can go to MiracleWord.com and click Give. MiracleWord.com and click Give. Cash App, Dollar Sign, MW Give. I mean, all, all the ways are up for you to sow a seed, but get it in the ground. Get it in the ground. If you have the app, the Miracle Word app, you can sew that way. You can click give now. Ways to give. Debit or credit card. PayPal. Cash app is dollar sign. MW give. Venmo is MW give. There's Venmo. I mean, there's Zelle. There's cryptocurrency. Wire transfer, if you even know what that is. I don't. Send by mail. There's ways to give. I'd encourage you. MiracleWord.com/slash/give/forward/slash/give enact the blessing of God on your life. Be a young person, and I don't don't forget that I'm talking to young people here. It's not like I'm just trying to preach on a topic, and I and you know, I have a platform. No, no, this is specifically to young people. Be blessed when nobody else is blessed. Be prosperous when nobody else is prosperous. Prosperity is your covenant right. It's not something else. The Bible says, though Jesus was rich, he became poor on the cross. He became poor so that through his poverty, you might become rich. It's your covenant right and you need to enact it. It's God's plan for your life prosperity, don't be afraid to use the word prosperity, I'd encourage you, while you're sowing a seed, I'm going to pray for you, so if you sow on whatever I told you, miracleword.com give, will give you all the options, and I just let you know, this ministry of Ted and Carolyn Shuttlesworth is good ground, I personally partner with them, it's good ground to sow into. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. They're going after souls. They're seeing people delivered, set free. So sow a seed by faith and then share a test when you sh- not if you get a testimony, when you uh, have a testimony, let me know. Let my uncle know. Let my aunt know. Because we we, we love to see that you're blessed. So while you're giving, I want to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you that you provided for us. You want to bless us. You purchased prosperity for us on the cross. You became poor so that through your poverty, we can become rich. You're the God who gives the power to create wealth. And you. Th- we thank you that you said, whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. So, Lord, as we sow a seed by faith that takes faith, we believe that our harvest is coming back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Because we believe you love us, and we believe that we're going to change the people around us by your abundant blessing on our lives. We thank you for a quick return in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Listen. I know it was a longer one today. It was a, it was an hour long, but I'm, I'm glad if you stuck around, stuck around to watch the whole thing because you know I, cu- I could have gone for longer, but just it was it was really in my spirit and I wanted to get it out. And over the course of you know, the last gen podcast, this is, this is the third episode. So if you're with us, you're one of the OGs, stick with us and then contact me like I said before at the beginning. Let me know you're watching. Let me know what questions you have, what things you want to know about for future episodes. But we're going to do some more about being solid in basic Bible doctrines. So, you know, we're going to do one on healing, I'm sure. We're going to do one on salvation, the soon coming of Jesus Christ. So... You know the rapture, those big Bible doctrines that you need to know. You need to be solid on, solid, rock solid. And I just started with prosperity today because I just it was it was it was in my spirit. So I want to thank you all for watching. Seriously, I really do appreciate you. I know evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. appreciates you. Carolyn Shuttlesworth appreci- appreciates you watching or listening. And um, looking forward to hearing from you, talking to you in the future. In the meantime, be blessed. I love you. And I'll catch you next week for the Get Gen podcast. See you later, everybody. <laughs>